I'm Matt Downing, and welcome to Diving Deep EDU. Curious conversations with all types of peeps. Encouraging innovation, we are diving deep. Certainly education is what we like to speak. Fervent with dedication, now it is time to teach. Thanks for tuning in. We are doing a mini quick hitting series on hybrid learning. It's a hot topic these days and something many people are reflecting upon and gearing up for in the next school year. Our guest today is Dr. Matthew Rhodes. Matt is a blogger, author, podcaster, and he spends a lot of time thinking and practicing innovative technology integration within K-12 and higher education settings. Matt, thank you so much for joining me. Let's start off this conversation with a solid book you've been reading these days. What's a good book that you've been reading? Oh, man. So I'm not sure if it all boils down to be education oriented, but I'm reading right now The Tyranny of Merit, What's Become of the Common Good by Michael Sandel. Uh, So uh, it's a book about just our education system as well as just our society in general and how merit is something that maybe synonymous as the American dream and it provides like an argument saying that hey maybe um, the way that we're doing education based on merit is not actually working out for the vast majority of people it's actually leaving mm-hmm. a lot of people behind so it's an interesting argument I've just dived into a few chapters but I just wanted to read something outside of uh, educational research. So uh, I just wanted a little bit different uh, genre for some summer reading. Great. Love it. I can put a link to it in the show notes and our listeners, if you want to check that as well. Sounds interesting. Sounds relevant. And yeah, maybe a little refreshing too from a different angle. Um, So as we're thinking about hybrid learning, right, as we reflect, what are some of your big takeaways? Well, I think that a lot of people don't understand that hybrid and blended learning, I think they may seem synonymous, but to be honest, hybrid is, I think, a little bit different than what we call blended because hybrid, you could be going a day in person, a day online, or you could go a week online and a week in person. So I think that a lot of people get confused between the terms Mm -hmm. and I like to use the term blended better because you could essentially have a blended learning classroom that's all in person uh, or um, even almost all online because of the way that you um, operate your instruction. So, I mean, you could have essentially a blended learning classroom almost in an online only setting. You could have possibly just predominantly online, maybe asynchronous, and then you have some synchronous instruction um, dabbled in. Maybe you have one in person, but the vast majority of it is just a live uh, Zoom session. So that's one issue that I talk a lot about and just how it can be, blended learning can be implemented in whether I said all all fully online or fully in person. It just depends on how you want to structure your instruction and the technology that you're utilizing to um, essentially deliver it. 
Yeah, so what's the terminology you would use to describe this sort of scenario? You have 15 kids in the classroom. They're learning. The teacher's in the classroom. And then you have about 15 kids tuning in from you know different parts of the country, and they're zooming in. There's cameras in the room, and they're sort of interacting online. How would you describe that? Would, would that be a hybrid learning environment? Or would that be a blended learning? So it would be a form of blended learning. Um, I talk a lot about in my upcoming book. Uh, I, I essentially categorize it as high flex slash concurrent um, blended learning instruction. And essentially, you can have the kids online and in person doing the exact same thing synchronously together. Or you could do, I like, I talk a lot about how we can use station rotation or flip classroom within that mm. high flex concurrent model where you kind of switch things up. You could have group A that's online only. They could be working yeah. maybe on like a ed puzzle or some other activity. And then have you're having a in-person discussion with the kids in person. Then you switch and okay. the, you're having a conversation with the kids online that have c- completed that, maybe that front loaded activity or that specific yeah. station. And you move them around that way. Or like I just mentioned earlier, you could have them just going all together during the same lesson, interacting on the same tools uh, synchronously. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Thanks for that. And, and you're right. It is, it's very complex because we have this blended learning, um, but it can operate in so many different ways, right? You can have this one model in one school, like where I'm at in the East coast. And then you on, you know, in San Diego, um, you know, maybe they're interacting differently with the technology and with the blended learning environment. We're sort of calling it, um, hybrid learning where I'm at, but I do get, I do get your point. And that's interesting. That's a good point to make. So let's, let's think about that from blended learning, right? What are some examples where things have gone well? And when I ask that, I do understand that we're talking about something that has many different dynamics and could look differently in many different classrooms, but give us a couple examples. Yeah. So I really like doing more of the flipped classroom model Mm -hmm. of blended learning where you front load a lot of the content for your students beforehand. So whether that's having them go through a module of slides or completing an ed puzzle, doing some sort of reading activity where they learn more about the content um, before we work on it synchronously, I think that has really helped. And I've done it in a station rotation model as well, where essentially we front load everything first, then we do a station of more of like collaborative practice. And then we focus more towards the very end. The third station is um, more of that independent practice, but it's mm. essentially on like a platform like iReady Moby Max, which is adaptive. So it helps students refine skills or it can be me directing just individualized lessons for it. And then coming back for the last bit, for the last station for formative assessment. So I can see where our, our students are at for that specific lesson or sequence of lessons. That's great. Give us an insight into this station. Right. Because maybe people aren't that familiar with these sort of station rotations. What what would that look like, that that piece Mm -hmm. of the puzzle? Yeah. So one station could essentially be um, group A could be they could start on iReady and then you could have another station B. Maybe you have two groups of kids start on um, the Ed puzzle or that front load of content and then you have them switch. Okay. And then you move it to the next station, which could be a station that we do all together, which could be more of that. Um, maybe it's like a, a short exercise of um, I do 
we do, you do. Yeah. And then that could be the third station. Then the final station could be that formative assessment where they do work on a pair deck or Nearpod interactive slide. And I can give whole class feedback and individualized feedback at that point and see where we're at. Hmm. Why do you think that works so well? Um, I think that each station, uh, I mean, I'm thinking of it more of as uh, using like the universal design for learning. I think each station, there's kids that are able to maximize their strengths. Mm -hmm. And also it's essentially differentiated to a point because kids for at least one or two of the stations, they're receiving one, either personalized feedback or two, they're working on an individualized lesson that meets their learning needs. Hmm. Now, teachers listening to our conversation and they're like, Matt, what are you talking about? Now I got to do four or five, you know, well, I guess both of us are Matt, so I don't know if they're going to talk to you or me, but, <laughs> but, but, they're saying, but they're saying, Matt, you know, now I got to do four or five different lessons. Like, I don't have time for all that. Speak to that teacher. So essentially it's not, it's, if you know how to create a one or two interactive slides using Pear Deck or Nearpod, that takes maybe five minutes. Okay. Um, if you want to create a ed puzzle and put it on your Google classroom or put it on like a hyperdoc document for your kids. I mean, depending on if you use one that's already been built, that takes five minutes, or if you want to spend that time to create your own, you can do that as well. And that takes definitely more time. But I, I honestly think that once you have a set of like three to Mm -hmm. five stations that you always use, you can have the same type of, um, station rotation i call choice board or station rotation sequence board oh cool and you just replace the links and all that data goes to those various uh places and then you can use that for your own for whether you're using grades or you want to do it on an iep or whether you want to um just use it for your own um formative feedback for the kids. I mean, I think that once you set up those three to five stations or three to five things that you generally always do, it actually is much less time consuming than you think. Yeah. And thanks also for pointing out the idea of choice and incorporating that into those stations to give the the kids some, some options and some, you know, ability to choose their destinations. Now let's go into a different classroom, a classroom that's doing blended learning, but you're sort of observing things and you're shaking your head a bit that it's maybe not going the way it should. Why do some classes struggle with this blended learning model? I think that blended learning is something that takes practice and it takes intention of designing your lessons. I think a lot of people try and make them um, different every day. And I think that is something that is not a good practice. You need to have a set routine of Mm -hmm. how your blended learning goes and you keep that routine in place, maybe do that three out of five days a week or even every day of the the week. Keep it similar, it's just basically similar classroom routines, but you're just doing it based on a blended learning model of your choice. Yeah, I think that speaks to an issue that a lot of teachers are facing because they go into this blended learning model and they want to use all the new tools. And they, oh, I heard about this. I read this on Twitter, which, I, you know, Twitter's great to, to get feedback and new ideas. But they're sort of trying to incorporate so much that sometimes that can cause more frustration and confusion than the benefit. So, so that's really helpful. So your guidance is create routine. What else can a teacher do that's struggling with a blended learning environment? 
I mean, I think you just nailed on the head. Think less is more. Use three mm. tools. Um, you know, you could have like interactive slide deck, Edpuzzle, and an adaptive EdTech like iReady mm. and Moby Max, as well as, I mean, I'm guessing I'm counting your LMS, but that's all you need yeah. to um, essentially provide your students with a really a lot of different tools and opportunities to integrate a lot of strategies with to help them learn. To be honest, I'd rather have you be good at, you know, three to five tools and know how to do three yeah. really, really good instructional strategies with those tools versus knowing 10 tools and not mm-hmm. really doing that many good instructional strategies with them. Yeah, that's great advice. Uh, let's look forward. Today, I believe, is your first day of uh, summer vacation. Congratulations. We've all learned a lot this past year and a half, really. Um and now we're looking forward, right? We, we're looking to grow. We're looking to maybe have this look differently than the way it has looked. What's something that you envision or hope for as things move forward with blended learning? I hope that districts and schools create options to allow blended learning to be um, optimal. So I advocate for the four um I'd say four day synchronous school week with one day being an asynchronous day. Okay. And that asynchronous day could be put on a Monday or Wednesday and give your students days where you meet in person, maybe Tuesday through Friday or Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And what that does is that you can use that asynchronous day to one, either meet with your students, give them options to um, like front load the content for the week or give them opportunity for tutorials. And it allows you as a teacher to collaborate with others. Um, I know that there's a lot of common planning and that would alleviate a lot of those concerns with planning time. Um, It it just creates better options for teachers as well as students. Um, I don't think you need to have synchronous instruction every day. And I just really hope that, I know that there's a big push to go five days a week which I do see that happening in a lot of places, but I think that four synchronous school day a week is a really good option. And I hope that districts and schools consider it um, moving forward because there's nothing wrong with having a day of asynchronous instruction, especially if it's between sixth and 12th grade students. And that maybe give them opportunities as well to go for an internship, um, club, Mm -hmm. sports, et cetera. So that's, that's my argument moving forward. All right, Matt, we've been moving along at a fast pace here. Close us out with some tips or final thoughts in regards to hybrid learning. I think I mentioned a few of them already. I just just think less is more. Uh, choose one or two forms of blended learning that you want to do, whether it's flipped classroom, station rotation. Um, those are my two favorite. Um, yeah. There's also flex. There's also inside out. Um in my book, I, I argue that you can incorporate them all in what I call the toggle term instructional model. And that really makes it blended learning very seamless and it allows you to move between online blended learning or even traditional um, in-person instruction. So I think that there's a lot of options. Just mm-hmm. choose one or two and yeah. just keep those procedures and routines in your classroom and and. Uh, think less is more. And I think that you should be, you should be really good in that, in that, in that position. Great. Matt, before I close out, you've been mentioning the book. Now that's the book that's not published yet, right? That's going to be coming out in the In July. Okay. Oh, wow. In July. If you have a 
a link to that. We can put that in the show notes as well so people can check it out. Um, I'm sure they can buy it on Amazon or other places. Mm -hmm. All right, Matt, thank you so much for joining me on Diving Deep EDU. This was a fast-paced and helpful conversation. Thank you so much for all of your insights. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you like this episode, subscribe, share it out, and leave a review. All of those things will help get this podcast out to more people. Until next time. Wow, it's time to reflect. That's astounding. You've been checking out the podcast from Matthew Downing. Hope you like diving deep like a scuba diver. And the show provoked hope. That's our true desire.